Hello and welcome back to the Anti-Diet Club podcast. This is a show where you will discover more about intuitive eating, letting go of diet culture and dismantling anti-fat bias. I'm Tamsin Broster and I host this amazing show with my good friend and fellow anti-diet coach Gillian Wilson. We both work with folks around food and body and our mission is to support people to let go of diet culture and heal their relationship with food and their body. And both of us work with a weight inclusive and health at every size approach. So today we are going to be revisiting another one of our most popular episodes. This one comes up as number two in the most popular of the episodes over the last two years. We have been going with the podcast since 2021 and now as I record this in 2023 we have over 50 episodes available for you to listen to and this episode is our second most popular. Originally this episode was episode 39 titled but I need to lose weight and this uh, we believe is a really popular episode because the feeling of needing to lose weight is really hard to let go of especially as we live in a world that isn't set up to accommodate a range of body sizes and needs this episode dives into what is behind the feeling that we must shrink our bodies why do we feel more in control when we're trying to lose weight why does our medical system still operate from a very weight-centric view of health and how does this contribute to weight loss feeling like the safest most acceptable route for those of us in larger bodies we untangle the weight from health conversation and walk you through on how to focus on health if that is your desire through other ways without pursuing weight loss and numbers on a scale we talk about how weight stigma makes it really hard for people to truly let go of dieting and sometimes being anti-diet can feel like something that's only acceptable for those in straight-sized bodies We hope this episode helps you to think about your own journey and how you can support yourself to navigate this if you feel that you are unable to truly let go of the feeling that you need to lose weight. But before we head over to the episode, this is just a small reminder for those who are new here, who we are and how we can support you. If you need help with food and body and anything you are struggling with around anti-diet and breaking free from diet culture, here's a little bit more about us and how you can work with us. Hi, I'm Tamsin. I'm based in Bristol. I'm a body image coach and I help folks navigate body image and food challenges, specifically when we hit those menopause years and we find it starts to affect our relationships and our careers and all other aspects of our life and stops us doing things. I run one-to-one coaching sessions and some group sessions. And if you want to get my audio food freedom masterclass, that is available all the time from my website. And my website and all details of how to work with me and connect with me are in the show notes. Hi, I'm Gillian. I'm an anti-diet coach, yoga teacher and therapist in training. I'm based in Edinburgh in Scotland, but I work with people all across the world who are looking to transform the relationship that they have with food and their body. I have a couple of openings coming up soon. So if this feels interesting to you, if you think I might be a good person to help support you through this transition from chronic dieting to living an anti-diet peaceful life, then hit up the show notes, find my details there and set up a call with me. I would love to chat to you. So now we've done our housekeeping, we can head on over to the show. Welcome back to the Anti-Diet Club podcast. I'm here with my co-host Gillian and we have um, an awesome episode for you today all about this feeling of needing to lose weight and that's why we entitled it 
but I need to lose weight because we know many of you struggle with this. Um, But before we dive in, we kind of just wanted to talk about the podcast. If you're new here, we have fortnightly episodes that are released on a Friday and you can actually find us on social media at the Antidote Club podcast. So if you want to follow along, know when the next episode's coming out, understand a little bit more about like and see clips and understand more about what we're up to and what's coming up. um, That's the place to find us. How are you? I'm well I was gonna you know I was about to do the typical British thing and be like yeah I'm great thanks um I have a sore ear it's kind of sore and gross and um but anyway that's not here what what we're here to talk about I'm sure you're not interested in my uh, ailments but other than that (laughs) I am well it's Friday we're recording the podcast it's always good on a Friday when I'm recording a podcast yeah and we didn't come on to the podcast eating today like we did last week because we didn't I've been up since half past five so I had my breakfast quite some time ago oh you had your breakfast a while (laughs) Yeah. yeah I had mine before I jumped on so yeah that's um it's not like us is it no normally on a Friday we kind of come with food with tea <laughs> with coffee with whatever we have I, oh, I have, have coffee I mean I'm yeah. not you know wild <laughs> not an animal <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 come on yeah I know cool so um we wanted to get going with this episode which again like I said we've entitled but I need to lose weight because we know that that feeling and that you know desire for weight loss doesn't really ever go away right it's not something I think we've we both were saying just before we came on air you know this is something that you can't actually really expect it to kind of go away especially in the kind of culture we live in right like it's Mm -hmm. not something that ever you know you'll get rid of this desire for weight loss and you won't worry about it ever again that's kind of false right Yeah. And again, I just, I kind of feel like, you know what, I've been doing this work long enough now and I've been um, involved in the kind of um, fat positive community for long enough that I am so over this idea of like, you know, caterpillar to butterfly where it's like you go through recovery or you go through a healing process and you get to this like fixed destination of healed full stop Mm. or recovered full stop and you never have like a shitty bad body image thought again or you don't have those thoughts creep in of but I need to lose weight um and you know I think even as I I see other other people in the industry other professionals coaches dietitians therapists um who I think could do to be more honest around this stuff right I get it. We live in like a capitalist society where coaches and dietitians are, you know, trying to sell services and business coaches encourage coaches like us to Mm. present as like, you're going to go from like, you know, um, you know, this to this. And it's like this massive transformation. Yes, it is a huge transformation, but we also have responsibility And I do with all my clients in the very beginning, setting expectations. And if your expectation is that you embark on this process and you're never going to have a negative thought again about your body or you're going to have those thoughts of, oh, God, maybe I need to lose weight, then Mm. you're kind of setting yourself up for failure from the very, very beginning. So I just like to be really honest about this stuff. I think um, I don't know if it would even be helpful for us to at this point, like, even just briefly talk about our own experience with this stuff, right? Because I know I've just gone through like last year, one of the hardest years of my life. And um, we know that when we are 
under emotional duress, when we are feeling stressed, when we, when life is particularly challenging, that's when these thoughts creep in, no matter how much work you've done. That's when these thoughts creep in. Um, I have to say, I feel like I it, last year was a bit of a, a testament to the work that I've done. I feel like my inner critic definitely went to a lot of different places like for sure right about being not good enough in certain ways but I feel really flipping lucky that my body wasn't really a target of that but that's not to say that there are date there there weren't days when I was just like do you know what when I'm teaching yoga or I'm practicing yoga or I'm like trying to tie my shoelaces or Mm. whatever it is that it would life would be easier if I didn't have this belly or if I didn't have these boobs or if I fitted into smaller clothes of course that still happens right but it doesn't spiral and it doesn't take us to a place where we then inflict violence on ourselves. yeah and I love your honesty there because it is it's true it's not something that you um ever really completely get rid of but it's like you say like you know the things that you went through would be like typically the time when you would like turn in on yourself and the same for mm-hmm. me um you know with last year a lot of personal losses in my family and yeah. that would be a time where you know, I typically would be very much like, I need to get a grip of my health and I need to do this Mm -hmm. and I need to do that. And, you know, I would kind of go at it with the kind of, you only live once kind of thing in my head of like, I need to do this for myself because blah, blah, blah. And actually, um, the, although those thoughts may have kind of fleetingly like gone through, like you say, like maybe having thoughts of thinking like, Oh, if my stomach didn't stick out that way. I, like my trousers would fit better or like this mm-hmm. or that, or like get a fit into those jeans or da da da. Um, actually the, w- what happened was I was able to sit with the really difficult stuff that came up. Yeah. And at times I was thinking, gosh, this was easier when I just used to diet over the top of this. Yeah. But actually like once I kind of, go through a lot of it I'm like actually I'm really grateful I I'm able to really go with that and not push it down and hide it and yeah you know shove it away and and kind of like I say like I always talk about that like you know really like dieting over the top like a layer of something over the top so it's like I'm focused on this Mm -hmm. yeah and it gives me something to um control kind of achieve and control and yeah (laughs) yeah feel like even though I would never really be able to control it it does it felt it feels like you're less vulnerable like you've got a shield in front of you like there's something surrounding you yeah there's Um, something that you're in control well the illusion of control that um is yours that you're mm. pursuing regardless of what else you know is going on in your life yeah yeah Yeah, I'd never thanks for kind of bringing my attention to that because I guess I hadn't really acknowledge that as well in that how differently might uh, have dealt with my life last year if I was kind of if I had this veil of dieting over it or um if if I was using that as a coping mechanism or a distraction mm-hmm. or as a means to try and control my life um I think I would have faced the difficult things less um mm. and and I love not... that you just said there a coping mechanism yeah because I don't think we often talk about that enough and I know that's kind mm-hmm. of what I was referring to but that word those words is yeah I just want to kind of pinpoint that just for a second because we often think of dieting as being something that we do simply to get thinner mm-hmm. and that's not what we're saying here what we're saying is actually this is 
a tool yeah. that often people are using, like a coping method. I'm sorry yeah. I interrupted, but yeah. I just no, no, that. no, not at all. Um, I'm not even sure if this discussion really is like, you know, given our title, but I, I need to lose weight is 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 massively relevant, but I think it's adjacent. Um, so I wanted to speak about folks I guess who I've come across recently both in my coaching practice but also I've been doing um because we're in January um I think maybe when this podcast episode comes out it'll be February but right now we're recording in January and it's um like national weight loss um month Is so it? um yeah it's it's national uh, I didn't know that month. was a thing yeah it's national strong no it's not I'm joking it's oh, not sorry I was like, what is she talking about? They have they have literally a day for everything. And they I know they do. And I was like, are you actually joking me? No, it's That's not an official thing. Is. It's an unofficial thing, but it flipping feels I'm official, dying. right? I'm dying. Oh my God. Tempted. Oh my gosh, I've yeah. been up so early. Yeah. Um, you me then, I was thinking... Is that if they actually called it that? No, they've not <laughs> called it that. But but that's what we yeah, know yeah. it to be, January. right? So um I've been um as my kind of pushback to diet culture, I've been um going into like different organizations and um places to to speak about anti-fat bias and about diet culture. And um a couple of nights ago I was speaking to a mental health charity and um the question it always it never ceases to amaze me that there's always a there's always this question of yeah yeah I get it like we all need to be body positive and love our bodies which by the way is not my message um but we you know we 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 don't need to diet we we can just sort of embrace our curves but of course up to a point right and then yeah. there's then Mm-hmm. Up, up past a certain point mm-hmm. there's a body size in which well of course those people need to lose weight right yeah, um, for their health yeah the yeah for, get, the, for their it? health yeah and given that I was like speaking to a mental health charity they were obviously really um interested in um like people's health and well-being generally um so I think we needed to we need to we need to speak about this because I am betting we have listeners out there who feel like yeah, yeah. I want my daughter to be like body positive. I want my like my friends look great in no matter what size body they're in. My mm-hmm. friends look great, but for me, there's this double standard of like no, but but actually, I need to lose weight. It's it's yeah. okay for everyone else, but I actually need to. Um, and this need to can come from, in my experience, two different places. One from a kind of acceptance, desirability feeling like you're good enough as a person but also trying to reduce judgment and reduce um sort of um you know that I I guess criticism from from friends or family or even like employers or potential people that you would date in an intimate relationship Mm. there's that kind of like conform to the thin ideal from a from a um desirability and attractability perspective but then there's also this other thing about health and this belief that we need to lose weight for our health and in some cases um you know that's that can be true right in terms of uh, not necessarily for health but in order to comply with Mm -hmm. um regulations in order to access treatment but you know we talked to emma 
in the last episode or a couple yeah. of episodes ago about in order to access fertility treatment. But it's really similar to access, um, you know, like a knee replacement or a hip replacement or other types of treatments. Um, you have to meet a, a BMI. So um, I think it's really, really important that you and I, just to kind of acknowledge our privilege, I think we both agree that we exist in small fat bodies on, mm-hmm. on the spectrum of, of um body size and therefore we hold a lot of privilege right so we we can as responsible practitioners sit here and say to somebody who's in a bigger body you should not want to lose weight because that doesn't align with you know progressive thinking around anti-fat bias Mm. um or or what our so-called agenda is around this stuff right um we can't really we can't really say that because at the end of the day you and I absolutely respect other people's individual autonomy around their body and if they are suffering systemic oppression and discrimination because of the size of their body then who are we to say no you're a bad person if you were thinking about shrinking it yeah and who you know and I agree I totally agree with what you're saying there like who are we to say that you know you shouldn't desire this or that you can't be even anti-diet or body positive still with those thoughts you know Mm -hmm. that's exactly what we are here for is to hold the space for those people anyone in any size body but you know holding space for people wherever they are at it isn't like a you know and that's kind of what I quite like about like the anti-diet world is that it feels like a community of people who are welcoming to anybody a lot wherever they are along their journey because Mm -hmm. we're not saying you have to be so like you don't have to be a complete you you can actually be an activist and still feel those thoughts yeah do you know what I mean yeah I don't think we ever like put people in a box in the way some other things do in society but you're right in terms of, you know, there is that kind of, I need to do it for my health. One thing I hear is often, I don't feel myself at this size. I don't recognize Mm. myself at this size. I don't feel good at this size. Mm -hmm. I don't feel good. I don't feel healthy at this size. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, a lot of people are are in the belief that their, their body size, the number on the scale is the reason for that not actually that they could continue with other health behaviors that might make them feel better regardless but that's what that's our job to do that and help them but yeah those in a bigger body you know being told to lose weight every single time you even go near any kind of medical establishment yeah you know being told by family members you know concerned family members I just want you to be here you know I want you to be around for your kids I want you to be um you know, physically able to to participate in all the things that we do and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's very yeah. Yeah. Um, challenging, I think, for people to kind of get past that. Even, you know, and even with the logic and knowing that dieting hasn't worked for them in the past, you know, mm-hmm. I've had plenty mm-hmm. of clients who said to me, actually, the last three, four diets I went on didn't shift anything. Nothing yeah. happened. Yeah. Because their yeah. body gets to a point where it's resisting that weight loss. Yeah. But logically, knowing that doesn't stop them from just wishing and desiring that they could just be slightly smaller in some cases. Yeah. You know. And I think it comes back to the double standards thing again, in that we can hear statistics all day long about um, you know, 95 to 98% of diets don't work. 
but we kind of are like yeah but if I was better at it or if I was if I was good enough or I if I was more motivated I could be in that really small percentage Mm. I could make it happen kind of thing and the fact that it's not that we actually just feel like a failure um but I wanted to kind of speak about then um let's dive in a little bit deeper to I do you firstly do you agree that you is there am I missing anything in terms of people want to feel people feel like they need to lose weight either from a health perspective or from a attractability desirability perspective is there anything else that I'm missing before we dive into them I mean I I would say a safety perspective you know, like, mm. like I said, like, you know, avoiding these systems of oppression, like, yeah. you know, what you feel for yourself is one thing, but what society decides that you need for your best interest is, you know, we can't escape that. We can't yeah. escape that at all because yeah. it comes from, like I said, family, people in the street, like, you know, people decide it's just everywhere you turn people in the office. Oh, we're going to do this challenge. We're going to do that. We're going to, yeah, you know, it's for, it's for the, you know, the good of our health. And even if you decide that you don't want to pursue that, you don't want to kind of opt into that. Sometimes it can be a place of safety to, I mean, participate to, yeah, to kind yeah. of, yeah, thanks for naming that. I feel like that really speaks to my thin privilege, right? When naming safety, like for some people, I'm just imagining somebody in a bigger body who maybe listens to this podcast who's like, yeah, diets don't work. They're absolute bullshit. And I know that I can pursue health in the body that I'm in. Um, and I know that actually I can be accepted by my friends and loved by my partner, but it's just the world hates fat people yeah and and therefore like I don't want to like have people make comments to me in the supermarket I don't want people to be sneering at me when I can't fit into like an airplane seat or whatever like that and and thanks for really naming that as safety because that that is yeah that is what we're talking about yeah because you know we when we go through talking about intuitive eating and helping clients through intuitive eating and things like that you know we talk about the liberation state like legalization of food and allowing 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 but that's there's then there's privilege in that because to be allowed to just consume food in a way that you want to trying to honor your body and learn all those signals and unlearn diet culture Mm -hmm. is very difficult if you're in a bigger body and you have other people's opinions and judgments yeah. and control in some yeah. ways, you know, yeah. it's not yeah. always, yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's something that's kind of come up in like, obviously, you know, we work with many different clients Yeah, and it's yeah, just many it's, different, it's different people bring up different things that they struggle yeah. with. And that's just one of the things that I think, like you say, sometimes we forget these things because of privilege, yeah. but yeah, being able to, you know, like we we often talk about in like marketing and like on social media about, you know, being able to go out to the restaurant and choose whatever you want. Not for everyone. That's yeah. it. That, yeah. You know, sometimes we yeah, have to I'm like, so mindful of this, this stuff. Right. It's like because yeah. because there's many different audiences. Right. There that that we're speaking to. And, and, mm-hmm. and as you say, that we have as clients that are people who are not like societally discriminated against but still feel like, you know, so let's say they're in a straight size body, 
we try not to mention numbers on this podcast. So let's just say a straight size body, meaning you can go into any shop and buy clothes Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and that you can fit into any kind of like car seat or airplane seat or theater seat um, without any problem. We still have people with those size bodies who feel like for them, it feels unsafe to not lose weight or to, or to gain weight um, from a place of, um, you know, I'm going to be judged. I'm going to judge myself. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be judged by other people. I feel like I'm going to risk losing that belonging. That's that, that um, sense of love um, and respect um, in a professional sense, maybe depending what your job is. Right. Um, So yeah, that idea of safety is, 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 it really does go from, the very kind of top end or or far end of the weight spectrum right the way through obviously to a lesser uh, degree it becomes more kind of um maybe emotional safety rather than like physical yeah. safety right mm. um so i want to just continue before we really get into the kind of health um discussion about this idea about desirability in the in this idea that we need to be thin in order to like ourselves or for other people to like us um and I I guess I want to ask you like what's your experience with that either with clients or with with yourself in terms of what liking myself in terms yeah so in terms of being able to accept yourself or feel like you're going to be accepted by other people from a, a judgment perspective, because I think that's such a huge impetus for people saying, no, but yeah. I need to lose my weight because I want to be liked by myself and other people. Yeah. And we're, yeah. So I think what I often see is that we don't necessarily have the evidence that other people don't like us in our particular body at that time. Mm-hmm. We're coming at it with our own bias, our own judgments, which is normal and expected, but, you know, given the society we live in, but through that, we, we decide what other people think of our body. We decide mm. straight away, you know, we have mm-hmm. this like layer of, well, they must be thinking that. And sometimes we, I, and I saw this, see all this recently come up this week with a client actually, you know, reinforced by comments from other people talking about other people's bodies in a positive or negative way. <clears throat> and mentally, we, I was talking to my client about how we mentally work out where we are on that scale of beauty and thinness in terms of what they have just said. Because, and and it's like, there's like this barometer in our brain where we're just like, am I this, where am I? Where Where am I? I? Ideal. Where, Mm -hmm. where do I fit along that line? In comparison Um, to the other people that I'm in the room with. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And, you know, when other people express, you know, they are what they think looks healthy, what they think looks attractive, what they think looks successful in -hmm. all sorts of different, just casual conversations. Yeah. That is sending our brains are just literally like wired to just be kind of searching around for threat. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It is a response to threat, right? Mm -hmm. This idea that no, no, but I actually, I know it's fine Mm -hmm. for you. You look great. By the way, you look, you look great in your size body. Like you can totally, you can totally, you're so confident. You can totally (laughs) carry it off. But for me, not for me. It's me different. Becca, it's different for me. We had Becca on this podcast as a guest, I think, back in That's season right, three. Yeah. And I did a live with her inside my Facebook group the other day. And we were talking about this exact thing. She gets that a lot where people are you know, she's in a bigger body, but she's people come to her and go, Yeah, but it's okay for you because you're tall and you're you're you confident. 
and you just know how, what to wear all the right things and she's like I actually oh, just spat my coffee out there <laughs> because I'm so funny or just because you can't get it together because you're in your 40s no because you're hilarious <laughs> <laughs> good answer I like that but yeah because like she's saying like people are always saying to her but if I only had your confidence and mm-hmm. I could be I could exist in my body the way you exist in yours and what she tries to kind of get across but doesn't want to be, you know, be educating people without their permission is I've done the work. This is yeah. just a, what you're seeing here is the product of years and years of unlearning this BS around what we should, shouldn't look like. Yeah. Um, and, but she is not like, she was talking about this, you know, not, not to make this about Becca Blessing. She doesn't give me permission to talk about it, but it's not, it's not something that doesn't ever affect her. And I'm telling you what the difference is. It's it's people and the circumstance you're in. So mm, if, you are, if you are, say, let's say on holiday with particularly fat phobic family who are maybe mm-hmm. all in thin bodies or who are at least very, very strict dieters or control their food, all that kind of stuff, that can change how you feel versus yeah. going on a girl's holiday with people who are really liberated about their bodies. I mean, like you yeah. can feel the dynamic when you just oh yeah. Like, and yeah. this is why it only takes, it was, you know, talking about this week, it will only take the booking of a holiday to change how you feel about your body. Yeah. Because it's in your mind, you're like, oh, I need to look a certain way because yeah. it, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I totally know what you mean because in that no, no, no. It's oh. just like that radar of fear. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. I was just thinking um, when you were speaking there, I spent a uh, new year in north wales with seven other women there was eight Mm. of us all together um and that's kind of like the the only holiday i would say like that i've been with like a large group of women yeah um and me and my partner are are obviously very um anti-diet and body positive Mm. and have done shit ton of work around this stuff but the other women I wouldn't necessarily say have done like specific work around dismantling anti-fat bias but they are a bunch of very liberal, progressive, feminist um, women who are very sort of, you know, body positive, sex positive, like in in all the different ways and very actively sort of um, try to uh, dismantle their biases acro- mm. across all across all areas. And I've never felt more safe, more held, more supported. Yeah. The celebration that we all had around food. And I don't remember hearing a single comment about body size or amounts of food or types of food or anything like that. And that you could say that was curated in a way by me and that I do only hang around with people who, um, you know, are are not going to inflict harm right mm-hmm. who who are actually working through their own shit like that so um but it's not like I said anything before the holiday it's not like I was like <laughs> no. by the way food and body it's just that's just that that's just the culture within that group yeah. of women right and I feel really fortunate um to, to to have been around that but that's not everybody's case not everybody can just be like oh I'm gonna ditch my pals because they're all you know into dieting but unfortunately, it, you do find that if that is triggering and that doesn't align with your values mm-hmm. anymore, you might want to. You might end up finding that you want to be spending less time with these people. Yeah. Um. And that's shitty. Like that. There's a grief process to go through there for sure. Definitely. And a process of finding new pals. Yeah, but it's difficult because you know, and I think 
I love what you're saying there and describing your time away and that that's like incredible. But I think, you know, there is an element of being able to make those choices because quite a lot of us like have our friendship groups are based in when we were dieting. They're created in those situations. But often, you know, especially I think this is where I find as a mum, we have a support network of friends who who we need and want to be around because it actually fits in with our life and the kids and the the routines that we kind of end up in and it's not it's it's although I do think there's an element of you have to maybe limit your exposure you have to protect yourself protect your journey but I often think instead of you know or in some ways if you can't really ditch or maybe you don't want to um Mm -hmm. I have lots of friends who are still deep in diet culture and we just bond over other things yeah. And I've and I've had to set those boundaries and that's fine. And I'm comfortable with that because I've got it to that place. So it is possible. Yeah. But also just finding the additional community or additional friendships. Yeah. yeah. Like, instead of like, you know, maybe like you yeah. I think it's different for everyone. I think yeah. it's different for everyone. Yeah. But no, I, I get that. I hadn't really appreciated kind of... the fact that like there are some I because I'm think I'm thinking like for you you've you've named it as, as as parenting like those other parents are really valuable to you because you lean on them in certain ways mm-hmm. they are your community in terms of raising your children right mm-hmm. I'm thinking of other people like maybe somebody who has a disability right yeah. the, the disabled community might be something that is really really important to somebody Mm-hmm. Um, but not everyone within that community is going to be um, like body positive or work yeah. through their, their, their anti-fatness. So it's like you do still want to be in a community and you can't curate it. You can't just say, well, I'm sorry, you're not body positive. I'm not going to hang out with you because you really need that. You need yeah, that. Yeah, you've that, got that, no that choice. In your life. Yeah. Work families as well. You yeah. Know, a lot of yeah. people spend many hours of their day with more so with work colleagues and they do their own families because that is life and that's the reality and actually you can't necessarily turn your back on those sorts of things it's yeah it's I think it's just very individual I think you have to approach it with a what do I have the control to change and what do I not and if I can't change those things um where can I find some community so I can go and breathe a sigh of relief you know come and listen to us we're here every two weeks on a Friday you know come and listen to us that we talk about that you know go into um fat positive spaces and safe spaces where you can just like kind of release a sigh of relief yeah exactly exactly it's interesting you talk about it kind of brings me on to the next thing you were saying like focus on what you can control right mm. um and and the fact that we we try to use weight loss or weight management um whether that's for weight loss or or to prevent weight gain as a way of trying to um control but actually you know I'm always very quick to say it's an illusion of control because if you're saying stick to what you can control well your body and your weight ain't going to be it because yeah uh, you know sad news folks that's that's like really not possible to do that um and I think I think that's like what I what I always come back to when somebody says to me and I'm kind of put on the spot um yeah but I weigh x I need to lose weight right and it's kind of like well irrespective of whether that's coming from your doctor or whether that's coming from your own kind of internalized fat phobia or the um you know discrimination that you're facing societally from other people it doesn't wherever the, the the impetus or motivation or fear is coming from 
it actually doesn't change the fact that it's going to be really, really unlikely that you will be able to lose weight for the long term. And that's the sad fact that I always circle back to. Mm-hmm. It's like you can spend your life trying and I, and I want to just reiterate what I said at the beginning like we're not here to say to people don't don't pursue weight loss you're a bad person if you do absolutely not everybody has that choice but the folks that we work with are people who have pursued and pursued and pursued and pursued and we know that pursuing weight loss is one of the biggest predictors of weight gain Mm. for a third to two thirds of people. So not only does it damage our relationship with our body, not only does it damage our relationship with food, but it actually, we, we, we are more likely to end up getting the opposite result than what we are embarking on. Yeah. That's the reality, isn't it? Like if you can logically like, you know, you can kind of approach it with like thinking that you logically would feel better or you know you need to lose weight because like you say your doctor's telling you to but like it doesn't change the fact that that might not be possible for you yeah and it's not possible for 95 percent of us otherwise we wouldn't you know be here talking about this stuff because yeah this is the thing it's like if you embarked on a diet like what, what is it they say in the book like if you embark on a diet knowing that you're gonna gain you know, it all back and then more, would you have started in the first place? And like we've said on previous episodes, if you'd have told me that during my dieting days and my, where my brain was at, I would have just gone, I'll risk it because, you know, I would have hoped I'd sit in that 5%, maybe 2% of people that do make it work or, or just even believe that actually it's okay. I'll just eat that way forever. (laughs) Um, But even that isn't a guarantee. Like, this is the thing I think we're trying to get across is like, even that isn't a guarantee that your body wouldn't start to pull the weight back on. It actually doesn't matter if Mm -hmm. you're sticking to it longer term, you kind of just mess with your body on so many different, in so many different ways. Yeah. Um, Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, just because we've intellectually kind of, um, decided or been been sort of convinced of not only our own life experience of yeah weight loss is just like I'm on hide into nothing um and and you've looked at the statistics how do people this is this is a question that I, I get asked a lot it's like just because you intellectually decide okay I'm not going to p- pursue weight loss anymore um how do we start to dial that flame down or that noise down of, um, but life would be better if you lost weight? We, we said at the beginning of this podcast, it's it's likely that you're never going to be free from that, mm-hmm. but it is possible to dial it down. And I'm just curious, like in your journey, what has helped you over time get to a place of yeah, life would probably be easier if I was in a smaller body, mm. but do you know what? I'm not. So here we are. And and just kind of like getting on with life. How, yeah. Like, how do you get to that? What's involved in that journey? I mean, obviously, like my own experience is going to be tainted with a, you know, a considerable amount of size privilege. But I think for myself, it's just it's it's really about like naming the reasons why it would be smaller, like uh, easier. Sorry, if I was in a smaller body, because once we start like naming those reasons and kind of really putting um like a, a not a label on it but really identifying like well why well because I can't get clothes in my size unless mm-hmm. I shop in the plus or online and then you know though when I'm naming it that way it kind of set it's not me that's the problem 
mm-hmm. even though it doesn't change my body, it doesn't change that as a fact. It's not, you know, I'm going from naming my body as being too big for uh, onto I'm naming shops are not carrying the sizes that are actually existing in the world. That's just yeah. like one example of like naming the systems. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think often like asking myself, you know, okay, certain things might be easier in a smaller body, but how, what would I want to, would I want to give up the way that I live, the way that I can enjoy my food, my life, my family, my mm. freedoms to go there again. And I think mm-hmm. back to the days when I would be like, right. And they'd get the list of all the things that was allowed and clearing out all the cupboards and that, you know, all the things that are attached to that, the cost, the yeah, time, the cost. you know, mm-hmm. because at this current day and age, like, honest to goodness, like, I'm loving the fact that I'm able to use all the food in my house. I'm mm-hmm. not throwing things out just because they are a certain type of food. It's just, yeah. you know, you're able to use more, you're able to actually enjoy more in different ways. Mm-hmm. And like, it expands like your like ability to like, choose different food. Um, and you know, with timing or like just everything and it kind of takes away that stress. So I think, I think I, I think I, I try and imagine myself like back in that like restriction and what that would take away from me. And it it takes me about, you know, 10th of a second to be Mm -hmm. like, no, thanks. I'm not doing (laughs) that. Yeah. 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 What about you? Yeah. I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking in terms of desirability, right? Because I know a lot of folks struggle with that in terms of whether you're in a partnership or not, this idea of like, can I truly be loved? And and not just loved, but like, do I look hot? Like, am I desired? Mm-hmm. Like, can I be really like beautiful in this um, body size? And I think what really helps me is to look around at my friends um, for a start right and think you know would I think any differently about my friends if they were in a different size body would I um, you know or or my or my fat friends would I would I you know like do what's the reason that I'm hanging out with you you know mm-hmm. how important is your body size in this and and I have, you know, I'm sure we all do have friends all across the, the weight spectrum. And my fat friends are amazing because of who they are, right? I also yeah. probably have a deep respect for them because I think it's fucking hard to exist in our world in a fat body. And I think my friends do it brilliantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm proud of them for that, right? So yeah. I think they're awesome. But I also think, you know, my thin friends, if they their body size was to change, like, I wouldn't give a fuck. Um, that's not why I'm hanging out with them. Um, so, yeah, so I think on that basis, they've surely got to think the same about me. Mm. I can only go on that, right? That they're going to think the same about me. And then the same in partnership as well. Like, I've said this tons of times on the podcast, but like when I think of um, the reasons why I'm with my partner, who's probably in roughly the same size body as me. So like Mm. on the spectrum of fatness, a small fat body. um, But like would like when I think about like what it is that I find attractive about her, um, 
yes, it's her body and everything else, Mm. but there's no sort of conditionality attached to that. Um, There's no kind of like, I would feel differently if your body was different. Um, And therefore I, 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 for my mental health have to believe that the same is reciprocated right um so I think that is helpful I also think about like all the like think about all the people that you love in your life like if you had a granny who was like you know in a bigger body that was like the feeder of the family like who doesn't love granny who's the feeder of the family (laughs) right like we don't not love granny because like you know Mm. body size um so you know, and I also look at people in the fat community who are all in relationships and partner, like the ones that are in relationships and partnerships. Mm. Like you, I have a ton of examples of people who can find love and, and people who can have a really joyous life in a fat body. So um, that really helps me dial down that, that kind of uh, critical voice. Um, Also knowing that when those thoughts come up of, oh my God, like I'm, you know, feeling uncomfortable in my body or I like need to lose weight. I, I, I do always see that as a means to control and a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. I ask myself, like I say this to my clients probably in every session, ask yourself if this isn't about my body, what is it about? Yeah, that, that really, really helps me because then I can see where my anxiety and my fear is coming from. Um, I think another thing that's really hard for people, it particularly at this time of year, is is trying to move past just the the fantasy, right? Mm. Like this, when we when we get down to it, this statement, but I need to lose weight, that is somebody who is still holding on to the fantasy of my life would be better when I lose weight. Mm. Now, I'm probably at this point not speaking to somebody who is like um, systemically discriminated against because of the size of their body. So I'm not really talking to people at this point who, um, you know, struggle with infrastructure in in our world um, to to actually um, exist and belong. I'm speaking to somebody who is probably more um, a straight sized person. I would say, you know, that fantasy that you're living in that your your life would suddenly be better if you were a different body size I think that's a cover-up like you were talking about Mm -hmm. earlier that that is something that is like shielding you actually seeing the truth about your life Mm. um that might seem really really harsh but I know that was the case for me there was underlying things that um you know I I that I wasn't prepared to look at because I was so fixated on my body being the problem. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people know that and maybe that's why they keep stu- yeah. are stuck in dieting. And a lot of, they don't want to look at it. Yeah. I see a lot of patterns within the, exactly what you just described there in terms of very um, close and intimate relationships, you know, where people just don't want to kind of look under that rock because it's tough and I get it I totally get it and you know it's not unheard of for me to have clients who come in who want feel like they need to get a grip of their food kind of you know work through it and then realize you know actually a lot of this isn't about my food but then just pause because they don't necessarily they're not ready they're not in that position because that's not what they came in yeah 
to to work through but it's like yeah. now they have it's acknowledged it, it they might need to sit with that for a while and take a break and decide whether they want to kind of go through that further yeah. you know there's some resistance there which only you know as a coach as you know you can only hold the space you can't force anyone to yeah look at that acknowledge that or really kind of dive deeper into yeah. that yeah it's, yeah that's, that's yeah I want to, I feel like we can't wrap up without actually like head on acknowledging some health stuff. And Mm -hmm. this might feel really kind of boring in terms of a statistical sense, but I think it's really, really important that if you are absolutely convinced that you need to lose weight for your health, um, then I would want to point you to some, to, to some, um, research, I suppose. Um, before I do that, I've worked with people who absolutely has engaged in weight loss in order to access treatments. Um, and there's no judgment at all. I understand when people, um, that's a choice that people make um, to lose a certain amount of weight in order to um, have a family or grow a family or in order to yep. access a treatment. Like that is a shitty system that we exist in. And I'm so sorry that people are forced to have to do that. And I want to say that you're also not a failure if you put the weight back on afterwards because ultimately that's very, very likely that that's what's going to happen. And what I feel shitty about is the fact that people are made to do that and they end up with an eating disorder or they end up with a very damaged relationship with food or they end up weight cycling and you know they end up with physical um, mm. symptoms um, because of because of weight cycling, which is so so harmful. So I want to address that head on. But um, in terms of other kind of statistics and research, I think it would be really, really interesting to look at um, uh, death rates, right? And when we look at um, people all across the, if we want to reference the dreaded BMI um, system, but unfortunately that's the categories of weight that exists and how uh, research is measured against. But um, I think, I, I don't think a lot of people realize that when we look at mortality rates, it's not actually people in the normal BMI category that live the longest. Mm. Sorry if that's what out there, if you think is the case, that being in the normal BMI is going to sort of guarantee you the longest life. That is not true. What we see is actually people in the quote unquote overweight category Mm. um, are the people who live the longest. And then once you get out into the margins, the smaller um, end of the scale and the bigger end of the scale, Mm -hmm. then the curve does start to go up um, a bit also in terms of health behaviors when you look at bmi across the board um across all the bmi categories once you start to engage in five health behaviors um so that health behavior might be not smoking it might be uh, not consuming more than the average alcohol a week it might be eating five fruit and veg a day it might be doing moderate exercise once you engage in i think i don't even think it's as much as five but even um four or five um health promoting behaviors your likelihood of like risk of of death um it pretty much evens out yeah it's the same pretty much evens out and this is what kind of circling back to what we said earlier when you know people say i i just don't feel very good you know quite often it's because the only time they're engaging in some of those particular health behaviors 
yes. like movement, like, um, you know, cutting down on alcohol, that kind of stuff. Some of that is because they're embarking on a restrictive plan. It's not yeah. actually the change in food or the other stuff. It's it's because they're actually starting to value themselves and put themselves. Prioritize first. their Prioritize. health. This is why, you know, I keep coming back to anti-diet is not anti-health. No, we're not. That's not. Can you say that again? anti-diet is not anti-health can you say it again the people in the back (laughs) didn't hear we're not um we're just not saying just it's not about like I don't want to use the word kind of giving up on yourself because that's not what people are doing there's they're struggling in this idea that they have to eat a certain way to be healthy and then when they're not on that plan they Mm -hmm. kind of just drift into like not even you know taking care of their own needs and like honoring their own health but you can do yeah. all of those things without embarking on a restricted yeah diet. I would argue that giving up dieting is a health promoting behavior mm-hmm. if you're genuinely genuinely interested in your health there are yeah. so many other things that you can do my health promoting behavior right now is not taking my phone to bed um because that's a bad habit of mine uh, mm-hmm. not going great but you know trying um <laughs> getting out into fresh air um I think I feel like I need to start weightlifting or like lifting weights because I feel like Mm. my knees maybe need um help now that I'm in my mid-40s um you know there's a ton drinking more water um connecting with your friends like there's a ton of health promoting behaviors that you Mm -hmm. can actually do that can that can shift the needle into that place of feeling better about yourself but unfortunately we are led to believe that if you have fat on your body that spills over the top of your waistband that then that that is a trigger to you of 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 I don't feel good I just don't feel good at this weight Mm. I buy bigger jeans which I I realize is is a privilege Mm. buy bigger jeans and focus on things that actually you've got that are far more likely to shift the way that you feel about yourself than weight loss because that's um the 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 long-term results of that is going to be pretty pretty shitty therefore it's um yeah it's not a really smart strategy I often see that people kind of struggling with their own self-worth when they're in a different size body will quite often continue that that cycle through you know eating things that don't make them feel good because they actually get into this kind of well effort I'm already I'm already you know I'm already fat I'm already used to like they kind of it's like that self-sabotaging like yeah almost like not worth taking care of themselves yeah I'm not worthy I'm not worthy of that and you know feelings of sadness and all that kind of stuff can lead to them just not honoring their health if plenty yeah. of clients who say to me I just don't I don't feel good when I do that and I don't feel good when I eat that or in that amount but I can't seem to stop myself from doing it and a lot of it is we circle right back around to their self-worth and yeah. you know really yeah. taking care of themselves yeah. in terms of you know I matter yeah yeah I love that mm. um I I think we need to wrap up okay um I feel like I need I want to um close this out by saying you know if you're someone who is is absolutely someone who says but I need to lose weight um our advice would be what would our, our advice be <laughs> I feel like you were spot. just about to say it and then all like, right <laughs> our advice would be um if you are someone who is um marginalized and discriminated against because of your weight then um 
we are not going to be sitting here saying um, that you don't need to lose weight because uh, we, we, you know, I was going to say we understand, we probably don't understand to the degree um, that you experience um, the world being shitty towards you. But um, body autonomy, absolutely number one. We, we get the pressure, but the message is, you know, the world is fucked up and not supportive of all bodies. And that's why people feel the compulsion to lose weight. Um, if you're someone who feels like you need to lose weight for a desirability perspective, really check um, your other relationships and what actually is desirable to you and what you value in your relationships. And can you believe that other people value those things in you? And if it's from a health perspective, then um, I think we're going to link to the resources that the ones that we just mm. mentioned about morbidity and about um uh, health promoting behaviors yeah. and BMI will link them in the show notes. So if you're someone that wants to geek out on some research or statistics, then we will pop them in there. Um, yeah, for definitely. You. And our doors always open. If you're looking for support and coaching, both Jillian and I both have space for one-to-one coaching right now. And you don't have to have let go of that feeling that no. you want to lose weight to start working with us. Um, it's absolutely fine to start whenever you feel that you just want some support and some help. I would even go so far as to say that if you have lost the desire to lose weight, you probably don't need to work with us. That's true, you, yeah. Right? You're probably yeah, just away true. living your best life, not even listening to this podcast. <laughs> but if you're struggling with the fact that weight loss has been um, hiding to nothing for you and maybe really caused some trouble mm. in your life, yet you still hold that desire, then those are the folks that we work with. Yeah, absolutely. It's part of the process. We will help you um, dial down that voice and, and dial down that that kind of burning flame of um, the pursuit of weight loss. Yeah, and all our links are in the show notes. So just scroll to the bottom of the details and you can find out how to work with us. And we will be back in a couple of weeks. We will do. Mm. Take care in the meantime. Bye. Bye.